and welcome to Logan Sounds Off, where I talk about books, music and a whole lot more. I'm your host, Logan Kelly. Welcome to Logan Sounds Off. So now this is kind of a silly question because loads of people know you, but for the odd one who doesn't know you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, well, um, I was born uh, Mary Doherty uh, in Donegal. No, I was born in Galway. My uh, father was from Donegal. I got married to a man from um, Offaly. Uh, that's why I got the name Coughlin. And I'm from Galway. I've lived there most of my life. And when I started singing, um, I think it was 1985, I had the first okay. album out, and I moved to Dublin in 1986, August 1986. Wow, um, so how did kind of singing start off for you? Were you like a shower singer? I was a shower singer, a singer in the bath. <laughs> ah. It's written on the, on the notes on my first album, the guy who wrote the notes, the, the sleeve notes, he said, uh, Mary Cochran, up to now, sing in the bath. No so, way. Um, yeah, around the house, you know, but I never, I never thought, I had three kids, I never really thought it was going to be um, something I would do, you know, but the first album was released in December, and it was number one in January, so wow. uh, I obviously uh, found something I could do that I liked doing, so that was great. Um, so, as you know, in and around the 80s, um, it was quite, ha- it, it was kind of unique, the album that you released. Was it difficult to promote your album as rock was upcoming at the time? So it was, as your album was unique, was it kind of hard to release your album and try and get listeners? Um, well, mostly around Ireland at the time, actually. Well, there was well, there was a lot of record companies hanging around because U2 were yeah. out and the Hothouse Flowers and a lot of bands got signed. There was a lot of tread, a lot of traditional music. Um, and in Galway, where I come from, everybody listens to traditional music, you know. And at the time, I think it was just that bit different, you know. Um, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't rock and roll. It wasn't trad. It was. It was. I suppose kind of jazzy, bluesy. And I think that for that reason, it became very popular because there was nothing else like it really in Ireland at the time. So I filled a little uh, niche uh, for myself. I found a little niche there. Um, it wasn't done on purpose or anything, it was just the way the songs were, you know, so. Um, with your album then, who were your kind of influences? Oh, um, I suppose Frank Sinatra, The Beatles. I listened to one of the first albums I ever had was a, a Rory Gallagher album. He was from Cork. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a band called Taste. And one of the first concerts I ever went to was uh, to see him in Galway. And that was, um, God, I'm not sure. I might have been 15 at the time. Uh, so I liked him. I liked Donovan, uh, who's, who's become a friend over the years. Um, I went to see him in Galway at the time as well. Uh, but I listened, my, my parents had a lot of records. My father listened to Irish music and my mother listened to Elvis mm-hmm. and uh, Dean Martin and um, Frank Sinatra. And then I was 18 when I discovered Billy Holiday. Okay. So when I lived in London, I went to London after my leaving search for the summer and I went to see a movie called Lady Sings the Blues. 
And it was all about the life of Billie Holiday. She was a singer in, in Bush, she was from Baltimore in America. So I collected all the records I could of hers. And then I started singing those songs. So, so I was definitely into blues and jazz from a young age. I didn't even know what it was called, though. So, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I was listening to your first album and it definitely was very jazzy and blues. And I was listening to it this morning and I thought, wow, to release it like in the 1980s with U2 and stuff out and then that getting like 100,000 sales. With releasing songs as well, how did you make covers your own? Like I was listening to Love Will Tear Us Apart um, by Joy Division after I listened to your version and I went, wow, the difference. But they're amazing. I love the difference. And I watched one that I think the Irish Independent put up where you were, it was a, or you were in Windmill Lane and I was, oh, yeah. yeah, I, I went there before Windmill Lane and uh, I just went, wow. And the pianist was there as well. And he was playing a brilliant song, the pianist, um, Love Will Tear Us Apart against your singing. So I really? was mind blown watching it. Well, thanks very much. Actually, I, I had, um, I'm working on a new project at the moment. It's called Mirrors. And, um, it's, did you ever hear of um, two songwriters called Lieber and Stoller? No, they wrote, they wrote um, you might have heard of a song or your family might have heard of Stand By Me. Um, it was a really oh, huge song. I and they wrote Hound Dog for Elvis. They wrote Heartbreak Hotel. They wrote yeah. millions and millions of hits in the 50s and 60s and 70s. And um, they wrote, wrote an album for Peggy Lee in 1968. And it was very political. And um, after a thousand copies were made, and the album was deleted by the record company that didn't like it. So I found the album in New Zealand 17 years ago. Somebody actually gave it to me after a concert and they said, we think you might be interested in this. And then during COVID, um, the Arts Council gave small awards to people like me to work on projects. So I decided to work on that project. And we're presenting it in Galway for the Arts Festival next week. And they've just so, added a second show because first. You're going to play that album. Huh? Are you going to play that album? I'm going to sing some of the songs from it. Wow. And I've been working with two uh, videographers and a guy who does animation. He lives near near me here in, in Wicklow. And he won the best animation at Venice last year and Berlin. So he's done two animations for the songs, for some of the songs. And another friend of mine has done videos. So we're going to present them in Galway for the first time ever um, um, next Wednesday. And that's sold out now. So they're putting another show on on Thursday. Well, that's very impressive to work on a record. And it's quite sad when such great albums only have a couple of copies around the world. Yeah, well, that, was, that was deleted after a thousand yeah. copies were sold. I have only like, I haven't had any of those kind of records where I was deleted. But I've certainly had some rare records, and I always think the one record that people don't know will be very good. Um, so it's brilliant now that you're kind of reviving it. Yeah. Um, so also where you were saying you're going to be singing at the Arts Festival. We're singing at the Arts Festival, yeah, on Wednesday night. And I'm working with an actor. His name is Little John Nee. And he's going to be doing monologues about what the songs are about. I'm going to sing the songs with my band. And then we're going to have a whole wall of video uh, beside us as well. So it's very, it's going to be great. 
Well, I mean, I'm very nervous. <laughs> yeah. What I have all my songs yeah. here. I'm supposed to be spending today learning them, you know. We had oh, rehearsal yeah. yesterday and we have another rehearsal Monday morning. That's a brilliant venue to play at because the arts festival is massive. Yeah. Um, in Ireland. So other venues as well. You played loads of different gigs. But did you have any favourite venues or countries that whenever you went, you just went, it's going to be brilliant now. I always love coming here. I suppose the first time I played in Australia, I played the Sydney Opera House. Yeah. And that was, and I had two of my younger children with me. I brought them on the trip because I had a lot of concerts in New Zealand and Australia. But the Opera House was like, wow. <laughs> it's the only poster I've ever kept. Mary Cotter and Sydney Opera House sold out, written underneath it. I have it in another room. And then I suppose getting to New York for the first time in 1988, I think, I went there. Um, I sold out, it was a club called The Bottom Line. And I sold out four shows there. And it was a dream of mine all my life to go to America. And I used to have a dream about swimming to America with my mother <laughs> in, in a yellow raincoat. <laughs> it's a dream I kept having a lot, a lot when I was a child. I don't know where it came from. But um, I finally got there in 1988. And um, I did a lot of work all over America. Um, not so much now. I think the last time I was there was in 2007. Um, I, don't, I, I prefer going to Australia, <laughs> New Zealand and places like that, yeah. Well, that's quite interesting that Australia and New York yeah. and America, wow. Um, and then also where you were saying which, um, that your 2007, um, it reminded me of something that I really wanted to ask you, which was from 1985 to 2020, which was your last album, which was um, called Life Songs, wasn't it? Um, this new one, Life Stories, yeah. Yeah, life stories. Sorry, and um, they they were both slightly different. Be um, so the first one was very jazz, and the next one with high heel boots and stuff on it, which I always loved that song. And um, it was it was like I loved the first album, but the last album I loved it the same, but it was like it was different, as in it was more upbeat. But, yeah, it's very poppy as well. Yeah, but there's at the same time the first album wasn't bad um, in the way that it wasn't so upbeat because it was like jazz lounge kind of music. Lounge lizard. Do you yeah. feel you're do you feel you're kind of evolving? Oh, I think every album is different. I never that's what people ask me, do you sing what is your style of singing? I never commit. You know, it's jazz blues. The guy I worked with for years, Eric Visser, is uh, very ill now. Um, so he can't, he can't work anymore. So that's really awful. Um, so I did an album in 2000, in 2000, no, 1999 with a guy in London called Pete Lannister. And I had the biggest hit ever uh, from that album. And it was a pop song called Invisible. And there was uh, like MTV were all over it and everything at the time. So for this album, I was going to be 64, I'm 66 now, and I just wanted to just put some life back into the whole thing, you know. Yeah. So I started to write songs with Pete. We recorded the album in London over a two-year period almost. I'd go over there for a week, we'd sit down and we'd write some stuff, and then he'd figure out the music, and... Um, I'd come home and then he'd send me the mixes and then I'd go back and do the vocals, you know. It was a very different way of working. 
And I finished the album on the 24th of February. And I was at Heathrow Airport coming back and everybody was talking about a thing that was coming from China, a bug. And um, I did a gig on the 27th of, of uh, February in the Town Hall Theatre in Galway. And then that was it. It was all over. Oh. That was it. It was a uh, COVID was here and everything was cancelled after on March. So, so I put the album, actually, I, I was going to put it back for two years. And I said, oh, look, at it. I have it made. I might as well let it out. <laughs> so I literally sold thousands of albums from, from the kitchen here myself. Wow. People yeah, bought them from my website. And I drew little pictures uh, for everybody who ordered a CD. I did beautiful little cartoons, uh, coloured colored with magic markers <laughs> and crayons. Sometimes I did paint. And I kept myself amused for about eight months at the kitchen table. And John, my partner, was down to the post office every day with 50 or 100 CDs. It was incredible. So, um, and, and, and I'm, I was glad I let it out because if I, if I had kept it, you know, it might have been a special, you know, I might have just gone out. And I, I think because of the situation and because people appreciated that we were under a lot of pressure because we couldn't work, they really responded to getting something special in the post, you know. So I did the album, the album covers, I, I really like it. There's a lot of personal stuff there, a lot, a lot of photographs of my house. And, uh, and then I painted a picture for everyone who, who ordered a, a CD. So they loved, they, I think some of them actually loved the uh, painting more than getting the CD. They wrote to me and they had them all up on different places in their houses and stuff. It's hilarious. Aww. Yeah. I, I actually, I was researching you this morning and I never came across that. Oh, so did you not? It, it's the one way, though, to keep you entertained during the pandemic. Send yeah. out CDs, just send out little drawings with them, why not? Send on a little drawing with everyone, and then my grandchildren used to come up after a while, and they used to do pictures as well. And uh, literally, oh. some days I was doing about 200 uh, CDs a day, and 200 pictures. I was going to start photocopying them. I said that wouldn't be fair. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, and then, when you're saying, like, that you were writing the songs with people. When you're on your own or with people, how do you write songs? Do you get out your, your laptop and you start typing up your music? Or do you just get traditional pen and paper or you just go for a walk and think in your mind? Okay, so I didn't write very many songs that I've recorded. Uh, the last album and an album called Scars on the Calendar in, that was released in 2011. Um, I wrote all of those songs. So... But I have been writing in notebooks for about 30 years and I have never recorded one of those songs. Um, I wrote songs uh, on airplanes, on bits of paper. Uh, you know, when you'd be flying home from New Zealand or Australia, you just take out a bit of paper and start. I've kept them all. Um, I've sent them recently to a guy in Galway, uh, just uh, Alton Conlon. Do you know Alton? Uh, no. I did a single with him about three years ago called um, God, I can't even remember it. My little, uh, my weak, a weak heart like mine. <laughs> it's a little duet called "A Weak Heart Like Mine." I did a duet with him, and I sent him down all my lyrics, uh, not all of them, but some of them, and that I thought might work as duets. And we're going to look at doing that next year. Oh wow! And he's from Galway, and he has a lovely little studio in Galway, and I really get on well with him, and. Um, when I was in tour in the UK in 2018, he came along and opened for us every night, you know, for about 13 or 14 gigs. So I get on very well with him. Wow. And then 
I don't know, but it's it's like I always go to myself if I'm noting something about let's say music or a song. So, or sometimes I could put it down, but then the next day it's gone. That I shove it in a drawer somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah, it's gone. And then just going, then you find it. Like you found all these songs, and you're able to make use of them. So any of these songs, like how far did they go back? Some of the songs. Um, I suppose I started writing them. Um, I remember because I have I have headed notepaper in hotels. You know, they used to do yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I remember them that way. Um, in London, in the beginning, uh, I'd be, you know, on my own in a room at night, a uh, hotel room, and I'd sit down and I'd just, if something popped into my head, I would write. I still have all those pieces of paper. I just haven't had the nerve to, to show them to anybody, you know. Wow. So, uh, but I really like writing with people because I could have an idea and two people can take it someplace different, you know make a, another story out of it you know so that's kind of nice you know um well and then you're talking about like sometimes you write songs or you've got loads of songs um that you've got loads of songs like do you play any instruments like i played the guitar um kind of well um i never i never use it on stage um uh, but i can you know i can play the guitar. i can't play well actually i can play a few chords fairly well <laughs> My grandchildren bought me a ukulele for my birthday last year, and um, it's still in the case. Um, oh. There's a guy here in uh, Bray, Pat Byrne is his name, he has a ukulele orchestra in Bray, and he was going to come up during the pandemic and give me a few lessons, but it never suited. So I get the, I get the ukulele out, and I might start bringing it along to gigs. I'm sure <laughs> nobody wants to see me playing the ukulele. <laughs> um, and then you're talking about writing songs as well. Because I'm thinking of all these questions that I have for you, but is there anything new coming out soon? Have you got anything new that you're thinking of? Are you writing any albums or singles? No, oh, I'm working on this show now, and the first the first look anyone will have um, will be on Wednesday, and then I have a couple. I, it's going to be a theatre show, I think. I'm not really sure what it's going to be, and uh, we're working on it. <laughs> and it's um, I've never done anything like this before, so. Um, I think it'll take another year. We have most of it recorded, but I have a guy in Belfast, Brian Connor. He used to play the piano with me years ago. He's doing string arrangements for an orchestra. Okay. So there's a lot of work, but none of that work is original. That was written by Libra and Seller. And, you know, but, so I'm recreating the whole album. And um, Peter Seller, uh, the son of uh, Mike Seller, is still alive. And we write to each other about once a week. He's in Los Angeles. And, um, He's very interested in the project and he's thrilled that somebody is, is, is you know, taking the whole album and doing the whole thing as, as it should have been done, you know. So um, I think that's going to take a while. Plus, it's going to be very expensive. So um, it's, we're doing it bit by bit, you know. When I get money for a studio, I go in and, and uh, do a bit, you know. So now my final question. Um, do you have any questions for me? Well, yeah, what it <laughs> How did you get into this? I've been wondering. Well, ever since I've started asking, have you got any questions for me? That's been the one question. That As everyone asks, yeah. And um, it was Christmas two years ago, I or like 2020, and I said, or 2019, I love a mic. Because I love to set up 
a little kind of radio station to mess about with. And I was expecting a dinky mic. And then uh, Santa, he sent me an actual microphone. Lovely. It was quite bigger than I thought because it was a studio mic. And I went, okay then. Um, Very fancy. I got a little tape player. And I opened it up and I put in a tape player and I hooked up all the stuff because it turns out we needed to get more stuff. So I had to get this thing here. My DI box, yeah. Um, and uh, we also had to get this little Manhattan chip. Oh, yeah, very um, nice, yeah. Um, and then I hooked it up and I started recording little tiny shows that no one would ever hear. I know. And so then I decided I want to do a radio station, Mammy, on YouTube. And we started just a little YouTube show and we set it up that it was a Wednesday night. I play songs off Spotify and I just do a little recording and see what happens. So anyways, I get 20 subscribers, yay. And then I continue with it. But then I decided I wanted to do podcasts. So then we went on to podcasts and social media. And now I've started with interviews. And my first interview was on Valentine's Day 2020. Um, so this will be my 10th interview. And yeah. I said that last time, but it was actually my ninth. But this is now my 10th. Your 10th interview, okay. I've actually counted them this time. So that's basically what we've done. Brilliant. You're, you're sure that's right. I think I think it must have been on YouTube. I saw you first, or maybe Facebook or something, or was it Twitter? I can't yeah. remember. I remember I answered back to you. Yeah. The social media. I put up a Logan's five on one of your songs. That's right. Yeah. To you, and I think he gave you a, a four star or something. He did, yeah. Or quite a high rating, and um, because I loved that song, so that's basically where you found me. And you got what year are you at in school? I'm um, sorry. What year are you at in school? I'm going into fifth. Fifth um, class. Yeah, I'm turning okay. eleven in I think nine days. Okay. Nine well, my days. grandchild, my 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 uh, eldest granddaughter just turned fifteen. Wow. And then my grandson, he'll be twelve. And then I have another fella. He lives here beside us. He's uh, we have a couple of acres here. He will turn nine on the 4th of August and his brother will turn four on the 4th of August. Oh, wow. I'm surrounded by kids constantly. <laughs> and um, so that's nice. And they have a baby sister now. She's one. Oh, brilliant. So there you go. Well, thank you so much, Mary, for being on the show. It's been... Thank you, Logan. So when are you going to edit this and put it out or what do you do? Uh, yeah, I'm going to put it up on YouTube. And I'm going to try and share it on social media. And then I'll have an audio version on Spotify. Brilliant. And Apple and all the podcast uh, platforms that are out. Brilliant. Okay. Nice to see you. So much, Mary. Slan. I really enjoyed it. I'll Bye. see you Slan. Bye. Slan. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Logan Sounds Off. You can follow me on X, Facebook and Instagram at Logan Sounds Off. And don't forget to subscribe and not miss any more cool episodes. Bye, guys.